I'm Chris Wallace. I'm Harris Faulkner. I'm Greg Gutfeld, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, August 11, 2020. I'm Trey Yanks. Italy successfully beat its first wave of COVID-19 without entering a major second wave. A lot of the virologists here say that if everyone is really scrupulous about adhering to the rules, we not you know there won't be a second wave. One of those rules is to make sure that the borders remain, you know, people are tested when they come in. This is the Fox News Rundown, global pandemic. Once again, today's episode will be a little bit different. I remain on assignment in Beirut covering the wake of a deadly explosion last week that killed more than 170 people. But the COVID-19 outbreak continues to rage on not only in Lebanon, but around the world. Today, we get an update on the situation in Italy, one of the previous global red zones. Well, Trey, I have to say that fortunately, the number of new COVID cases in recent days has really gone down. This is Courtney Walsh, international correspondent for Fox News Radio. It's been several hundreds of new cases. Unfortunately, there's been a record low of deaths, usually less than a dozen yesterday, just four. Overall, uh, the death toll has leveled at around 35,000 and total cases just over 250,000. Of course, this is a far cry from March. Uh, if you remember, March 27th, almost 1,000 died in just 24 hours. And if you look at the graph tray, the curve has really finally flattened out. Some, some people here are saying that the... Uh, the COVID-19 virus strain here is weakened at the moment, but they also warned that it could at any moment return deadly. These new cases that are arising are mostly due to clusters and migrant camps and also some younger tourists who've been returning from vacations in Malta, Spain, and recently Greece uh, as well. And these uh, new flare-ups are immediately contained and policies enacted. In fact, today, Trey, they're talking... Um, They've just decided to start requiring rapid saliva tests from everyone who returns from Spain, Greece, Malta, and Croatia. Uh, these tests will be take 15 minutes, and if positive, the people will have to go into quarantine immediately. And uh, visitors from risk countries like, unfortunately, the United States and Brazil are simply just not allowed in, unless it's for some kind of specific family or work reasons. And, uh, you know, Trey, it's interesting, this whole idea of testing new arrivals is new for Italy, but I was in Greece last month, and there we, my family and I went in, and we were immediately tested with swabs upon our arrival. We had to give our contact information. And in general, though, Greece felt very COVID safe. You know, everyone wore masks. Every shop, you had to, you know, disinfect your hands. They've had very, very few cases. Um, But when I was there, sadly, I learned that people from America were kind of not discriminated against, but people were very wary about them. And I had to reassure, reassure everyone that I was an Italian resident because they're so worried about, you know, what's going on in the States. And uh, again, it's it's uh, fascinating how that's shifted. It has. In fact, in Italy, I had a colleague of mine, a German journalist who lives in Italy, and he had uh, an interview and tickets lined up in mid-February, and no hotel would put him up because he came from the red zone of Italy. So things do change. It was a similar experience coming here to Beirut. I had to get a PCR test in Istanbul, get the negative results the same day in the airport, and then get retested again when I got to Beirut, Lebanon, and provide my information just in case. Because governments are catching on. This is the best way to do contact tracing if you're going to reopen your borders and allow for international travelers to come in. I wanted to ask you how Italy compares to the rest of Europe. I mean, we are seeing second waves in places like Spain. When you see these pockets of outbreaks there, does it seem localized or... Is it getting out of hand? 
Well, in Europe, uh, there's a lot of concern, especially like in France. You know, it's interesting in Italy, we get the numbers every day. In France, they don't, they're not coming out as readily. Uh, there's a special concern of France at the moment with lots of new cases and in Spain, as I mentioned. Uh, but in general, what we're seeing, I think, also in the States, but what's happening in Italy, and it's kind of interesting and concerning, is that there's been a sort of change in demographics. For example, many more young people are getting infected. In March, for example, only one COVID case in 83 were in the zero to 18-year-old group. But just last week, it was one in eight of the newly infected were minors. And in Italy before, the majority of COVID patients were over 70 years old. But now just 10% of the new cases are over 70. And the majority, some 55%, are in the 19 to 50-year-old group. So it's interesting. A lot younger people are getting infected. Um, and there's concern about people traveling, and especially young people. And it's it's hard to, you know, to keep things under wraps. But I think what's going on, in, as you just talked about, your travel experiences and what's going on here is um, really imperative. And I think it's catching on and everybody realizes it has to be done. You've been listening to Courtney Walsh, international correspondent for Fox News Radio. We'll be right back. I remember when we talked a few months ago at the peak of the outbreak in Italy, you described the streets of Rome in a really way that stood out to me. And it was almost like it was a movie. There were shops that were closed and, and people were really adhering to these guidelines and staying indoors. Do you feel that overall the Italians listen to the government initiatives well compared to your reporting, looking at the outbreaks across Europe? What did they do better than other countries? Yeah, I think what, um, what happened really looking at things was that in the early days, Italy was so slammed and honestly felt rather abandoned. You know, nobody really sent any masks. Europe was reluctant to help. Uh, the only shipments, ironically, were from like China and Russia and even Cuba sent doctors, although there was an American private group such as the Good Samaritans, which helped with like a field hospital and so forth. But the government of uh, Prime Minister Conte, who's not elected, by the way, he's not really part of a political party. He uh, he took the courageous and, and at the time deeply unpopular decision to to listen to scientists and to first lock down the northern area around Milan. And then he extended it to all the country on March 11th. And that was because people were fleeing the Milan and going uh, south and bringing the infections with them. So, like I said back then, yes, the police strictly enforced these lockdowns. And the, the, there were cars, uh, police cars on the streets telling people to stay home over loudspeakers. Uh, we had helicopters over our home because we lived near a park and they were like checking to make sure there weren't any groups there. But there was a sort of appeal to national pride saying, OK, we're alone in this. You know, not, nobody's not going to really help us. And so this whole movement's. It's called Yo Resto Casa, this hashtag uh, meaning I stay at home. And then all these kids painted rainbows on sheets with saying, Andro tutto bene, which means it'll all go well. But there was this feeling of sort of being alone and, uh, and appealing to, na uh, to national pride. Every night at 6 p.m., there was music on the terraces. And, and for the first time that I've lived in Italy, and I've been here a long time, the flag started appearing on terraces. And there was so much support for doctors and nurses. So uh, I think that Conte... It was very uh, forceful in his negotiations with European leaders. And the government also passed some you know, controversial measures, including uh, one which uh, basically they banned firing employees. So uh, that, that had been uh, from the beginning of the crisis in March until August. And now they've just recently extended this ban on firing to November. So uh, they prefer to give companies help and relief money so that they can keep their workers than really having a massive unemployed um, and that's one reason why the unemployment 
numbers have not skyrocketed yet. Uh, uh, it's still around 10% or so. But there are, of course, many disgruntled employers. A- another really unpopular yeah. but re- really smart move I think he made was uh, he passed a law legalizing migrants who, who were illegal here, living and working in the country, but getting their employers to pay their share of taxes and getting them access to health care. And I think this really made a big difference because, of course, before illegals could go to the hospital for emergency work, but they were afraid to. And this way they sort of got brought everyone into the fold, made sure that everyone's tested and make sure everyone's healthy to stop the spread. So I think in general, the Italians do approve of Conte's you know, sort of forceful action. And uh, he's actually been one of the most popular prime ministers. And uh, I think Italians understand the need to adhere to the rules. And, and also, in a way, they're kind of a bit hypochondriacs. You know, they're always worried about being healthy. So, um, you know, wearing a mask has become just sort of normal, cleaning your hands all the time. And Italians being Italians, it's also a question of, uh, you know, fashion statement a lot of guys yeah. have masks that meet their ties and then girls will have bikinis and their mask matches their bikinis and so forth but that's you know in the summertime that's beginning to wane a little bit but in general it's been uh, very much adhered to yeah and, and then finally i guess i would ask you do you see italy being used as a representative example for the rest of the world in a way that different pieces of the way they handle the outbreak are being used in a positive fashion. I think there's this ongoing question, and you have countries like the United States, Israel, and others who have decided not to completely lock down in the first wave, or in Israel's case, the second wave. And they're being criticized for not doing so and not following the same procedures that we saw in Italy, for example. Are other countries seeing what the Italians did right and and taking from that? Well, um, that could be the case. But of course, Italy has also had very serious economic repercussions. You know, their GDP is expected to fall more uh, by more than 10 percent this year. And a lot of uh, businesses, especially in the tourist industry, are are just not expected to reopen. I mean, it's really, really bad. But I do think that the fact that they, they if they are able to avoid a second wave and time will tell. A lot of the virologists here say that if everyone is really scrupulous about adhering to the rules, we not you know there won't be a second wave. One of those rules is to make sure that the borders remain. You know, people are tested when they come in. Um, then yes, I think it would be sort of an example of how to do things. But it's been very tough. For example, schools schools restarted in France. Uh, they started in. I have friends who live in Lugano, which is just a couple an hour and a half north of Milano, and their school is starting. Our schools are uh, starting, but very sort of piecemeal. So, for example, my daughter is in high school. Will um, uh, half of her class, the class will be divided in two. Half will go three days a week. The other half will do remote. Um, and, you know, it just many schools have different policies, but it's they, you know, it's going to be very tough getting back to um, and recouping all that they've lost. So I think, yes, there are yeah. some positive things. We'll have to see in the long term what happens, though. Yeah, I really appreciate your insight on this. And you've seen it firsthand from the beginning. So it, it's such valuable perspective. Courtney Walsh, international correspondent for Fox News Radio. Courtney, thanks again for your time. A pleasure, Jay. Take care. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com.
This is Jimmy Fallon inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com. 